it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Look who's back in action. It's your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not giving a battle for the soul of our nation speech this evening. Uh, Joe Biden expected to speak on the battle over eternal damnation for our country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But it actually makes sense, uh, as opposed to highlighting his record of leadership for us uh, since this guy took office in January of 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And tonight kicks off the beginning of Biden's push for both midterm supremacy and maybe even making a case for him running again in 2024, which, let's be honest, is not going to happen. I agree with that. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. We got a wild one today. Uh, J.D. Vance is going to be here. He is one half of the most contentious and probably high-profile Senate race in the country, that being the great state of Ohio. We're also going to discuss the race out in Pennsylvania between – Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. Poor Fetterman, man. I mean, I feel for the guy, you know, without even getting into his politics, all of which I don't agree with. You know, the guy recently suffered a stroke and can't put, you know, three words together to form a sentence. If the guy was any slower, they'd make him president. Come on, man. But goodness gracious, we're ready to roll. Uh, It's a big TV night. I'm going to be hosting Kennedy at 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. That's a big deal to me. Kennedy is the person who gave me my start here at Fox. I was, of course, the head writer for that show for quite some time. So to be hosting it, it's kind of a big deal uh, in the Fala House. So if you want to check it out, 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. Uh, there's no excuses because it's not like you have any anything else to watch. Nobody is carrying the Biden speech. This is significant. So the other networks, Fox included, uh, have not committed to preempt their primetime programming for this speech. That's significant. Why? Because they obviously carved this out. He's speaking in Philadelphia at Independence Hall. It's America, unity, all that nonsense. And was hoping this would be the centerpiece of the midterm kickoff, it being that all Republicans are white supremacists. That's the plan. That's why they've been doing this all week. Him saying, you know, MAGA, ultra MAGA, mega MAGA. I can't believe it's not MAGA. And Karine Jean-Pierre also slandering Republican voters at every turn. There is a war on conservative voters right now. It's kind of disgusting, to be honest. I've played some of the clips this week. I'll play you a couple more. But I do want to tip my cap to the networks who aren't covering this because, to their credit, they're not helping further the divide that the Democrats are trying to create in this moment. Understand, okay, they really have nothing to run on. I'm going to read you a poll a little bit later in this hour that shows that Biden's personal approval number has fallen Since he got what the media told us were a couple of victories. Oh, this guy passed student loan forgiveness. That's a big win. (laughs) Nobody thinks so. They think we're all getting screwed. Oh, but, 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 but 
the Inflation Reduction Act that actually doesn't reduce inflation, but it's the biggest climate spending bill in the history of the country. Another huge win for Biden. He's hot. <laughs> Not at all. And the media tried to frame it as a hot streak. We read all the articles to you on the air. Joe Biden's back in the game. Don't look now. The media is a bunch of losers. But again, because their priorities aren't your priorities, he's not winning. He's dumping the Gatorade on himself at the end of a losing game. This is like a coach losing the Super Bowl and getting in front of the news cameras and being like, I'm going to Disney World. You know how they do that in the Super Bowl? So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> yeah, they're not, you're not going to Disney World, especially not if you don't use the right pronouns uh, when, you, when you get into the park. Let me explain this to you one more time. But the point here is that Biden in getting on TV tonight for whatever stations happen to carry him and trying to convince the American people we are in a battle for the soul of our nation, it's disgusting. And their desperation is really getting the country into a bad position because what this is is an attempt to slander half of the country and justify any type of crackdown on half of the – well, let's understand, guys, a battle for the soul of our nation. We've got to have the FBI raid our political opponents. We've got to expand the IRS to come after these people. It's a battle for the soul of our nation. But then you think about it, and this is something I said when he was campaigning or at least pretending to campaign. You know, they'd put him on Zoom and – let him babble for a few minutes and then cut him off if he threw a wild pitch at one of the interviewers like he used to do. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? All right, that's it, Joe. Uh, thanks for your time today. We got to go. We got to wrap this up, okay? And that's what they did. But back in those moments when Biden was the Democratic nominee for president, I said to you all the time, I'm like, how does winning the battle for the soul of our nation help anything? What does it actually do? How do you quantify that? How does a guy struggling to feed his family you know, take the battle for the soul of our nation and translate it into a, a ability to feed his family. How's that become easier? You know, how does uh, a nation being plagued by a porous border, suffering a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths, actually drive down those number of deaths by winning the battle for the soul of our nation? Nobody can answer the question. You know, that's what we're dealing with right now with a 40-year high in inflation. Him getting on TV and prioritizing the battle for the soul of our nation really does demonstrate just how wildly out of touch, you know, political strategists are with the people they're trying to court. Okay, nobody, I promise you, inflation is at a 40-year high. We have seen food spikes of over 200% in specific pivotal categories. Again, fentanyl killing every American between the ages of 18 and 45 at a much higher rate than any other affliction. Fentanyl leading cause of death. You know, crime, number two issue in all of the midterms because we're dealing with a 35-year spike in murders. This is what people are concerned about. They're not concerned. They're not concerned about pretend racism. They're not. Tell them like it is. You know, you can frame it that way, and they've tried to all week. You hear the word MAGA, it's clearly the messaging. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Oh, the MAGA. You understand the MAGA. But here's the question I have for Joe Biden and everybody yelling MAGA in a crowded theater. Was inflation at 9% under MAGA? The answer would be no. No, is at 1%. It's at 9% with no MAGA. Under MAGA... Inflation at 1%. No MAGA, 9%. It was gas. I paid 487 487 to fill up the Bronco today. What the hell did you just say? I know. Well, I'm supposed to be told it's cheap now. Don't you remember that? CNN put out that ad because, you know, gas prices had come down 50 cents, even though they were still the highest ever. CNN put out that ad last week, that uh, op-ed. Look at it as a $50 bonus from work. 
Look at it as an extra gift card now that you're not paying that extra 50 cents a gallon. CNN is the worst. Think about that. Yeah, granted, you're still paying more than you ever have in history. But, you know, look at it on the bright side. You're not paying asthma. You know, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay, you understand? Sure, there's only poop for dinner, but it's gluten-free. You know, that's what they're telling you. This is disgusting. It's disgusting. Okay, but understand, when we find ourselves in positions like the ones we're in now, nobody is prioritizing what they're prioritizing. Okay, under MAGA, the border crossings were 80% lower. Okay, do you understand that? He had brought border crossings down to an 80-year low. It's not even 80% lower. It's literally 200% lower uh, than it was under Donald, you know, than it was under Trump than it is under Biden. So understand, okay, everything he's going to yell about when he yells MAGA, the quality of life was better under MAGA. Gas was $2 cheaper. Inflation was eight points lower. Interest rates were two points lower, which we're talking about literally, okay, two points on your mortgage, dude, is like $500 a month on your mortgage. You're paying $600 a month less under MAGA, under MAGA, than you are right now under this guy. So let's recap, okay? Under MAGA, inflation's lower, gas is lower, crime is lower, border crossings are lower, okay? Your interest rate is lower. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. Think about that. No MAGA, it all goes up. So there's a reason he doesn't want to talk about his record, and he wants to talk about the character of the previous occupant of the Oval Office. But what they don't get is that people don't go to the polls for name-calling. They go to the polls hoping that politicians will actually do something on their behalf. What has Joe Biden done on your behalf? Unless you really like changing your Twitter profile picture to various virtue-signaling causes, he hasn't done a lot for you. Okay, if you like throwing up a Ukrainian flag to get a quick 50 likes, woo, he's your guy. Okay, if you like tweeting your gender pronouns in your bio, woo, he's your guy. Okay, but getting past that, you don't have anything to show for your investment of a vote in Joe Biden. Everything is exponentially worse, which is why they're framing out the MAGA midterms. That's where we are. Let me give you one. Okay, Karine Jean-Pierre, that dope. Okay, she was asked about it again at the White House. Here it is, clip nine. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. The way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. I mean, she's just the worst. But let me stick with me here, okay? Because here's more Corrine Jean-Pierre, because she's asked to specify, are you calling all Republicans racist? Here it is, clip 10. The president has been, has been really clear about the leadership, right? The MAGA Republicans uh, in leadership. Uh, they're the ones who have the platform. Uh, they're the ones who, uh, again, the extremist part of the Republican Party. Uh, they're the ones who, uh, you know, folks listen to uh, in their own party. It's not just Republican leadership. It's not just that blanket, right? He is talking about an ex- in an ex- extreme portion, an extreme uh, part of, of the party. He's been very, very clear about that. Girl, please stop talking right now. What a dope. And what does he mean? Trump. So if Trump is a fascist, if Trump is a semi-fascist, that means you support a semi-fascist. They're attacking the voters. And understand, Biden specifically said the voters. Okay, they're trying to walk it back with him as they always do. And I told you this earlier in the week. I've never seen this before. I've seen politicians attack each other. I saw Donald Trump attack everyone 
in the media class. I saw him attack all of his political enemies. But was anyone watching Donald Trump physically just slander voters? The answer would be no. Of course not. Politicians, you know, come on. How dumb do you have to be to say that voters specifically? You people suck. I mean, think about Hillary. When she said basket of deplorables, that wasn't a public event. That was a private event. And it got leaked out after she said it. This is not okay. Understand? It got leaked out after she said it. We know she feels that way, but they usually have the good sense to lie to you in public. You know, get out there and just, you know, as Hillary likes to do, tell you how energized she is to fight for you. I don't feel no ways tired. But Biden is on this message again. You slander Trump because you can't run on your own accomplishments. Okay, if you're trying to pick up a girl at a bar and your only case for doing so is that the last boyfriend was a jerk. Okay, she might agree with you that the last boyfriend was a jerk, but you still haven't said why she should go home with you. And that's where we are with Biden. He can't make the case for himself. So he's just like, well, the last guy's a jerk. Here's John Avalon. Give him credit on CNN for saying this. Clip 11. The term semi-fascist is not helpful. It's not befitting the office of president. And while you can absolutely call out the dangers to our democracy, but it makes obviously perfect sense for someone like Senator Hassan. Because, look, in New Hampshire, 40, more than 40 percent of registered voters are independents. Right. I mean, another 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 30 and change of Republicans. Democrats are the third category among registered re- registered voters. So she needs to be able to reach out. And that language doesn't help her do and- that. See what he's saying there? He's saying Joe Biden is making things harder on candidates because in states like New Hampshire, with a lot of independence, where they're not voting just based on pure partisan loyalty, saying half of the voters are semi fascist is absurd. Semi fascism, of course, being a new name that they focus grouped. Because they've been out of new you know, ways to racially slander Republicans. It's stupid. OK, but nobody told MSNBC. Listen to this jackass Kurt Bar- Bar- uh, Bardella, clip 12. We are watching right now a very radical and extreme Republican Party mirror what we have seen in other places like Nazi Germany, like other places like the Bolsheviks. We have seen this playbook before. This is a very dangerous line that the Republican Party is under full embrace of autocratic ways and means is nothing but disastrous, and we have to stop it. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Oh, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. Kurt Bardella, okay, that is so disgusting, man. Like, I'm not supposed to be the adult in the room. I'm like a dirtbag cab driver with a wife and a kid. I just want to go play video games with my son, eat some food, hang out, take it easy. Okay, I'm not supposed to be the voice of reason. The whole appeal of the show is that I'm a regular guy. But what that guy just said, should not you should not be employed after comparing anyone in this country in a political party to the Nazis. The Nazis were rounding people up and killing them. This is such a disgusting insult to not only the victims of real Nazis, not only does it denigrate their suffering, but it really denigrates the people, the greatest generation of America that went over there and opened up that can of whoop-ass on the Nazis and saved the free world. Okay, there's nothing going on in MAGA town or any town in this country, thank God, that remotely parallels the Nazis. But understand, they're using terms like semi-fascism. They're using terms like Nazis. Why? Because they can't win the idea battle. Okay, it was a point to John Avalon's credit on CNN. He made pretty well. Okay, if you're yelling things like Nazis, it's because you're losing the argument. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Common sense from a not so sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy 
that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I can't play Mr. Breeze and not think about our legendary caller, Jerome. Jerome, if you're out there, I not only played that song for you on The Five the other day, as promised, but in the break, uh, I brought you up when I was hosting uh, The Five this past Tuesday. So, Jerome, you did get your airtime. I just want everybody to understand. I keep my campaign promises on this show. Joining me now, another man whose uh, word is unimpeachable. Uh, he listens on the legendary KTBB in Tyler, Texas. Blake is on the phone. Yo, man. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I want to correct the definition of what semi-fascism is. That's what Biden wants to accuse and make America great mm-hmm. supporters again. And, and what I wanted to do was liken it to what a, a semi-truck is. But first of all, the definition of fascism is where the government takes control of all the businesses and the industries and the people have no choice to, but mm-hmm. to comply. Yep. In Biden's mind... Fascism is just uh, military aggressive people that want to stand up for their rights as patriots. Yep. So I liken it to like a semi trailer. Biden's mind's like a sem. He wants to us to be the tractor that hooks up to his load of crap instead of uh, the good trailers that haul freight and in stuff that we know that works. And so I, I really take offense on what Biden is saying to us. I think he's just divided this nation yep. um, permanently. It's really bad because I'll tell you, and I know you're smart enough, you notice this, uh, he's going after voters, man. We've never had a politician do that. For all the crazy stuff they want to say about Trump, Trump was not attacking voters because he wanted their votes. Plus, to be fair, Trump actually cared about the working class. That's why he had the bond with his voters that he did. Biden, they really don't care about people. You know, when the country's as screwed up as it is and we just keep sending billion after billion to Ukraine, it's hard to convince me you care about anybody here, you know. But you get it, Blake. I mean, so if something tells me you're not going to be watching the Biden speech tonight, you might be a guy that watches me instead. Yes. 
All right, I listen. Okay. I yeah, need those I'm, ratings, I'm brother. With you. And you know, uh, I just want to say this: Biden being concerned about the vote is kind of a non sequitur because the voting systems are largely made by this uh, big con- company called Dominion and Earn Canada, and uh, they, they they have a they have con- Canadian has control over the. Of our I, voting system. Now, Did I'm going to lose you to a commercial sure? anyway. I can't verify that. But I'll call yeah. Justin Trudeau during the break, Blake. Yeah, he, and I don't want to I don't, I don't lose you. I don't want to have to cut you off. But I'll, we'll call Trudeau. And if he's not busy putting on blackface, I know Halloween's coming. <laughs> if he's not putting on one of those offensive costumes, we'll see if we can get a word out of him on election integrity. Uh, quick break. We are back after this on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You can hang out with me in person October the 15th. We're out in Iowa at the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, Iowa. October 15th, Saturday night. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Get tickets. Come hang out. Would you come hang out? And if you want to see me in Vegas November 5th, that is a Saturday night. We have just added a second show. First show sold out. We've added a second show at the Red Rocks Resort Saturday night, November the 5th. Tickets for that also at Ticketmaster.com. I posted this on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I am thrilled that they added a second show in Vegas because obviously that gives more of you an opportunity to meet me. And uh, that gives me an opportunity to pay back my gambling debts. Me in Vegas, it never ends well. You know those couples, you ever date somebody on and off? We get back together like every year and a half just to remind yourselves why you weren't together in the first place. That's me in Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas in a while. Cue up some Elvis. Viva! You know, all excited. Woo! We're going to Vegas. And an hour after I got here, I'm like, why am I doing this again? This isn't good. <laughs> now, I'm out, now I'm out turning tricks behind the mirage trying to pay back my gambling debts. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Not pretty. Okay. You know what else isn't pretty, folks? Joe Biden's poll numbers. Check this out. This is fascinating. I mentioned this at the top of the show. I love stuff like this. My favorite. Okay, so we just had two weeks of media blitz. They got Biden out on the road doing public events, yelling at us about gun rights, saying the government's going to come after you with an F-15, so you shouldn't own an assault rifle anyway. You can't buy a cannon when, in fact, you can. A lot of wacky sound bites out of Biden this week. I'll play some of them. Okay, but this media blitz is part of an effort to convince the American people that Biden is on a hot streak. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But that has been the message. Remember this. Okay, well, no, you don't understand. You passed the Inflation Reduction Act. And then every, every, the Congressional Budget Office, okay, the Joint Committee, every, uh, the Wharton School of Business, Every respected financial entity came forward and was like, hey, does the Inflation Reduction Act actually lower inflation? The answer would be no. Nope. But they pivoted anyway right away and said, whoa, hey, climate change bill. It's the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. This is a really big deal. I told you then. I'll tell you now. If climate change is the big deal, is the big issue that Democrats say it is, are you ready? They wouldn't pass the bill under a different name. That is correct. Think about that. If climate change is such a big deal, you pass a climate change bill and everybody votes for it. But no, 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 no. They tack it on to something with a more popular name, inflation reduction. People want to reduce inflation. And sadly, in this instance, they're trying to reduce inflation by spending 
more money. Do you understand? And when you spend more money, it drives up inflation because they're printing and spending money. That's the issue here, which ultimately means to pay back that money that's been printed and spent, you yourself are going to get higher taxes. Thanks, big government weenuses. Believe me, if they thought that thing was paid for, they wouldn't have trotted out 87,000 new IRS agents. And again and again and again, the people trying to defend this by going, well, it's not 87,000. The right wing just keeps saying 87,000. Some of those agents are retiring, bro. So it's like, you know, some of these agents are replacement agents. They're not adding 87,000 new agents. They're only added, you know, like, well, if you factor in the retirements, it's only like, you know, like 62,000 agents. Oh, well, in that case, what do they bring agents in to do? They bring them in to audit people. Correct the mundo. They're adding to the size of the audit force. And if they're adding to the size of the audit force, are you ready? It's because they're getting ready to collect more taxes. I admire your honesty. That's the bottom line. And they're not going to get them from the rich. You see, the Biden administration runs on this fallacy. The Democratic Party runs on a class warfare that insinuates all rich people are criminals. Oh, we'll just tax the rich more. They're hiding the money. Now, you know what a lot of them are doing? They're paying accountants for every legal loophole. They're paying attorneys to defend them if they get called onto the carpet. You know who they're not paying? You know who they're not paying? They're not paying the government. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. They don't give the government a penny more than they have to. That's why they hire attorneys. Rich people don't want to give their money to the people who don't know what to do with managing money. We are $33 trillion in debt. If you're a billionaire, it's because you're good with money. You're not going to invest your money in somebody who's $33 trillion in debt because you know they're not good with money. Okay, so understand, when they go after the rich, you got to look at this like a pinata. Somebody hits you or me, the middle class, with a letter from the IRS, money comes flying out. We don't want any trouble. Did we make a mistake? Did I do anything wrong? Here you go. I've been audited three times since 2009. If they told me I owed them 100 bucks or 1000 here you go. I ain't fighting. I don't care. Okay, I do my taxes on TurboTax. I got none to hide. I keep my receipts. I give them what I got. Oh, I owe you more? Here you go. Okay, when you hit a rich person with the pinata stick, an attorney flies out. A lawyer flies out. Okay, and the government doesn't get as much money. Now, understand, if I know that, that means they know that, which means expanding the size of the audit force will only cost you and me. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. That's just the way it goes. But again, they told us Biden was on a hot streak. Oh, he passed the Inflation Reduction Act. It doesn't reduce inflation, but climate change. So it is a, it's a big win. This, it's a big win for Biden. He's hot right now. Wrong. But then they're like, I put plus. Hold on. Oh, student loan forgiveness. He passed student loan forgiveness. And the top 70% of income earners are now going to get a $10,000 bailout at the hands of people who didn't even take out these loans. That's not right. But according to the media, it was a win. Oh, this is a big win. You don't understand. This guy's hot. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. I love watching stuff like this explode in the face of the media, in the face of the partisan shills that are trying to help a party instead of helping a country. I tell you this every day. Fox Across America is a show that wants to help America. I don't care about the Republican Party. I lean to the right. I think their ideas are exponentially better. 
but I just need the country to flourish. A rising tide lifts all boats. I don't care who's running it if they're running it right. This isn't about, well, we need our side to win. Like, I hate that. It's stupid. It's petty. It's childish. Doing that is why Joe Biden's the president right now, because it became more important to do everything imaginable under the law and outside of the law to get Trump out of office than it did to have an honest conversation about his record. You know, if we were thinking about this country as a family, hey, America, let's all get together, have a conversation. We got this guy in the Oval Office, Trump. He's got a real potty mouth. He tweets all kinds of things, calls Rosie O'Donnell a land whale and Mika Brzezinski's a dog and Miss Universe is Miss Piggy. It's uncomfortable. It's not always great. That being said, okay, he's getting us out of disastrous foreign aid deals. He's not giving, you know, $50 billion in revenue to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world in Iran. He's getting us out of a Paris climate change agreement, you know, one that decimates our manufacturing base while other countries continue to increase their pollution in the world because it's symbolic, it's stupid, he got us out. He cut taxes for every American. He supports the police. He secured the border. Okay, it's the best economy we've ever had. It's the lowest recorded rate of black unemployment ever. What if us as Americans, as a family, we got this guy Trump, and you know, a lot of you don't like him personally, but what if we just looked at our bottom line? Your kid, my kid, okay, your neighbor, my neighbor, the border, the inflation, the gas. What if we just recognized how well and how prosperous we are? What if we just took a step back and said, hey, we just had the luxury of pretending for three years that he was a Russian just for fun, just for fun skis. We did that for entertainment. That was straight fun skis. Okay, yeah, it was, you know, deep state people trying to engineer a soft coup and throw him out of office by getting him to fire Robert Mueller and create the perception that there was a there there. But understand that was still being done for all intents and purposes, just for the hell of it, for fun. Okay, it didn't have to happen. The country was flourishing just fine. But they didn't want him to have the levers of power. So the media and the people within the government, upper echelons of our intelligence community, tried to railroad him out of a presidency. And most of the people in this country went along with it. Why? Because they wanted their political party to be able to declare victory. And we got so hell-bent on being able to declare victory over Donald Trump that a lot of people were fine with getting rid of a guy who had ushered in, again, the lowest recorded rate of unemployment, the lowest recorded rate of black unemployment. Okay, you yell racism. Donald Trump gave historically black colleges and universities their highest recurring funding endowment ever. Donald Trump, with the help of Tim Scott, Spent $75 billion in opportunity zones for low-income black communities. Okay, hardly the work of a racist. By the way, Donald Trump is the guy who signed the First Step Prison Reform Act that freed hundreds of thousands of nonviolent drug offenders who were sentenced under the overzealous guidelines of the 1994 Joe Biden crime bill. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Think about that. Okay, but we couldn't have an honest conversation for the good of the country because everybody was thinking for the good of the party. And when I see people do things for the good of the party and it blows up, yo, I love it. Just so you understand, I love it. Okay, so let me give you this. The media just blitzed us with two weeks of Biden's on a hot streak. Oh, he's on fire. You don't understand. Climate change, student loan forgiveness, nonstop. He's yelling MAGA. Oh, it's great. This is a whole new Joe Biden. I don't know what they shot him up with this time, but he is a new man. Well, having said all of that, latest Reuters Ipsos poll, Joe Biden's approval rating has slipped back below 40%. (laughs) 
Oh, no, you don't understand. He's on a hot streak. This guy's, he's got him now. Here he comes. Here comes Speed Racer. He's a demon on wheels. Remember that song? Here he comes. I love that one. Anyway, Biden's approval rating. Let me give you this. According to the latest Reuters Ipsos poll, slipped under 42-day poll, found that just 38% of Americans, 38% of Americans approve of Biden's performance. Biden sucks. Okay. In the article about the survey, Reuters notes, while Biden's approval rating hit 41% last week, it has been mostly below 40% since mid-June. Despite a string of Democratic legislative victories that Biden's allies are pointing to. Come on, don't bullshit me. These are not victories. If I'm paying for a student loan I didn't take out, you got a lot of balls calling that a victory. Straight up. Okay? If you pass an Inflation Reduction Act that increases inflation, you got a lot of balls calling that a victory. And you know what? I'm not the only one who feels that way. And if you don't believe me, look at this poll. Okay, understand this. Jason Lang over at Reuters, to his credit, he writes that the poll is a poor sign for the Democratic Party's hopes in the November 8th midterm elections, adding Biden's overall approval rating has been below 50 percent for over a year. As Americans have grappled with high rates of inflation and an economy scarred by the COVID-19 health crisis. By the way, economy only scarred by the crisis. Why? Are you ready? Okay. Because of Biden's handling of the crisis. He knows what he's talking about. You didn't have to shut everything down over a vaccine mandate. But you did. Why? Because it became a culture war issue. It let Democrats have their self-righteousness. Oh, we know better than these Republicans. These Republicans on the fence about taking a vaccine just because everybody who's taking a vaccine is still getting the virus they're vaccinated against. Yo, I mean, listen to yourself. When was the last time you heard of 20 million breakthrough polio cases? You didn't. Okay, but COVID became a culture war issue. And Biden mismanagement. He implemented vaccine mandates because it mobilized his base. It allowed them to yell at the people who didn't want to get vaccinated. But lo and behold, guys like Biden and Fauci, who have been vaccine boosted four times, have both gotten COVID two times since. So every time somebody tries to pivot to, well, the pandemic is hampering Biden's economy. No, 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 Biden is hampering Biden's economy. Nobody else, nobody less but Joe Biden. Okay, that's how that works. But stick with me. Okay, in Biden's weekly average between May, June, and July, he has been below Donald Trump. Okay, on par or below. And understand, this is very significant. Because at the one and a half year mark of Trump's presidency, he had the entire media pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. At the one and a half year mark of Joe Biden's presidency, he has most of the media pretending he is sane and coherent. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, the, you know, the thing. So even though the media is telling you, oh, this guy's on fire. You don't understand. People really love this guy. Okay, people want nothing to do with this guy. None more so than actual Democrats. Here, here's another Democrat. Here's Annette Taddeo. She's on CNN. She's running in Florida. Here's what she says about campaigning with Biden. Clip 32. Would you like to see him come down to campaign with you? Look, I know that I have my own campaign to win and we will uh, get lots of help from lots of people. But at the end of the day, I know that the way that I win this race is by us actually 
telling my story, telling why we need a real representative. We have somebody right now that votes constantly against our community. Maria Elvira Salazar thinks this is a reality show. And this is real life. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. She won't answer the question. Do you understand? They want nothing to do with Joe Biden. Okay, despite all of the efforts in the media to frame this as a hot streak. Oh, the guy's on fire. You don't understand. We've never seen anything like this in our lives. Okay, the media might really feel that way, but the media isn't the real world. And that's why Joe Biden's in the position he's in, which is totally screwed. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with J.D. Vance in the next hour. He's, of course, the Republican candidate for Senate in the great state of Ohio. Jenny Fallon's home state. Of course, right next door is the great state of Pennsylvania, where Joe Biden. No, he was not stopping by uh, the Connect FM headquarters in Dubois. No, he wasn't hanging out at, with J.D. and the fellas up at JAS. No, no. No, Joe Biden was in Scranton. He was trying to campaign for John Fetterman, something we'll be discussing in the next break, uh, and mixed up the candidates in the races. Here you go, clip 20. Please, please elect the attorney general of the Senate. Elect that big old boy to be governor. (laughs) The big old boy, of course, is John Fetterman, who's running for the Senate. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. (laughs) The guy running for governor is the guy who said he was going to run for Senate. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But then he got into racial stuff, which never ends good. Uh, Here's clip 19. If I can just interject for a moment, my deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down in the east side, what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, in the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. What the hell did you say? (laughs) Did you hear that? You can always tell where the best basketball is. Biden's lost his marbles. Dude, I'm telling you, this dude campaigns in 2022 like it's 1822. You can't just, oh, black people are good at basketball. Wait, what? Is that amazing? Get him off the stage before he starts talking about Asian people doing math. I'm telling you, it's a messy situation. The end is running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Getting fired up over here for a big hour. A big newsworthy hour. Headlines will be made. J.D. Vance, the Republican candidate for Senate in the great state of Ohio, he's going to stop by to discuss the matchup. Tim Ryan out there will also get his thoughts on this Dr. Oz, John Fetterman mess out in Pennsylvania. It's getting into midterm territory, folks. This is the last broadcast for me. 
before the Labor Day weekend. I am off. I am off tomorrow uh, from this show. I have to tell you. Luckily, you will have uh, Pistol Paul Gleiser filling in. They do. They love Gleiser. On they love Gleiser on this show. Really funny story. Paul Gleiser from KTBB down in Tyler, Texas. A lot of fans. I always get messages like, yeah, the Texan guy. He's a good. He takes the phone calls. He's good, bro. Those are the women from Staten Island who call me. Yeah, bro, that Texan guy. Anyway, shout out to Paul Gleiser and everybody who does tune in for tomorrow's show. I happen to know it's going to be a banger, uh, but I will be uh, off the grid. They're letting me rest. I actually have to rest. I've been on the road doing stand-up, and, you know, I was on TV 371 times this week. And they do know that my community college brain needs a rest, so I'll be hanging out on Strong Island, getting ready to watch Lincoln fail his first football scrimmage of the year. I'm fired up. I'm excited. But when we get back to work next week, it's midterm time. That is it. That's why Biden has his primetime address tonight. And that's why there is so much attention already being paid to these key swing state races, because they're ultimately going to determine who wins in the Senate. And I'll tell you something else. We're also going to be hearing from Herschel Walker at some point. He and I did a great event with WJAS out in Pittsburgh in the spring. And, uh, you know, he's been on the show a few times, but his race down in Georgia for the first time, for the first time since polling began, his race now shows him in the lead. Oh, I'm in trouble. And Biden really is the determining factor down there because this poll change occurred in polling that took place after the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act and after the passing of student debt forgiveness, meaning Biden just did two things that are helping the Republican Party gain ground in a crucial battleground state of Georgia. Just the way Pennsylvania and Ohio, contentious as all get out, are going to determine the balance of power in the Senate. Okay, we're in a really wild spot politically because heading into the midterms historically, just so you understand, and I know most of you do, but again, there are a lot of people who listen to the show who aren't ad, you know, ardent political consumers. A lot of people listen to the show who wouldn't otherwise follow politics. But they listen to this show because I sound like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. We make it fun. It's a little bit looser. So you tune in because you're like, you know, this guy's a little bit of a mess. But, uh, you know, if he can get a show, I could probably get a show. And bigger than all of that, this is a much easier way to consume politics. So I don't know. We'll listen to politics for a few hours a day instead of whatever we normally do. I don't know what you normally do. I'm just telling you because I care. But understand, traditionally, for those of you who don't follow politics, the party in power will lose seats in the midterms, the incumbent party. And what happens there is traditionally, okay, if you are the president, your party, say the Republicans are in office, well, come midterms, the Democrats pick up seats. People like a balance of power. Okay, they like a series of checks and balances. They don't want this one size fits all, my way or the highway. The whole country is a Democrat now that the Democrats are in power. The whole country is a Republican now that the Republicans are in power. It's not the way this thing works. The way it's supposed to work, okay, is that politicians and the parties as a whole govern with the greater good in mind and compromise. But we can't compromise now. The reason politicians don't work together is because it's become such a team sport. It is so hyper-partisan that people can't justify working with the other side because of the extreme labels they put on them. Again, if you're Joe Biden and you're calling MAGA a bunch of semi-fascists, the guys on NBC are calling them literally Nazis, how can you then go home to your supporters and tell them you've made a deal with the fascists, the Nazis? You can't do it. And that's why our country is in the state of disrepair that it's in. 
It's a time of incentivized conflict. Social media, the 24-hour news cycle, has turned, has turned everything into a competition to depict your opponent in the most heinous terms imaginable in an effort to drive people away from actually voting for them. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. That's what goes on. So you understand we're in this spot now where the midterms are so crucial because if, in fact, the Republicans take back the House, that's going to crush this Democratic far-left shopping spree we're on, a shopping spree nobody asked for. Nobody wanted trillions of dollars in climate change money spent. If they did, again and again and again, the climate change bill would have been called the climate change bill. Like, let me give you an example. If I was passing a bill... It was called free beer and strippers. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but if the bill was called free beer and strippers, I got to be honest with you, bill's going to pass pretty easily with male support, with a lot of male support. Ergo, I'm not going to have to title the bill something else. Okay, I title the bill free beer and strippers. Guess what? Every dirtbag pervert in Congress is... They are running into that chamber to vote for my bill. Okay, running into the chamber. Can't vote fast enough. Okay. If I take the free beer and stripper bill and title it climate change, ain't nobody coming by. And that's why this is a scam. Okay. So it is actually very important right now in our country. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but you understand traditionally the party in power projects to lose seats in the midterms. Okay, Joe Biden right now is on pace to lose more seats in the midterms than anybody in the history of the country. Okay, right now, you know who the record holder happens to be? Gentleman by the name of Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But Barack Obama lost his party more seats in two midterm elections than any president in history. Because, again, people didn't like the far left lurch. And to be clear, what we considered far left in 2008 would now be considered right-wing. That's why so many people are defecting from the Democratic Party. They've abandoned all principle and just turned into rabid culture warriors that want to save the world uh, with, you know, from Mother Nature or birthing person nature and pretend white supremacy. So these Senate races, they're really crucial because they're going to determine whether or not Biden has the power to pass anything. And in a best-case scenario, even if you're a Democrat, I mean this for you, you don't want to win the midterms, okay? You might think you do but as a team, but as a country you don't because they, they've really lost their minds. And what I mean by that is the people in power right now, okay, it's not to say there aren't good Democrats out there. Or it's not to say there aren't smart Democrats out, out there, okay, but they're not in power right now. The people in power are children, and they're prioritizing things nobody really cares about, and they're doing so in a way that's really putting us at a competitive disadvantage against China. All this green energy stuff, do you understand? It kills our manufacturing base. And what does it also do? It empowers China economically because all of this uranium, all of this infrastructure for green energy, it comes from China. It's made in China. And do you understand when everybody starts driving an electric vehicle in California like they want you to? Do you know what the electric vehicles are powered by? Are you ready for it, kids? They're powered by fossil fuels. Oh, said this the other night in Carson City. Okay, electric and electric vehicles are not powered by the wind and they are not powered by the sun. And you better be thankful they're not powered by the sun because contrary to what Annie sang, the sun will not always come out tomorrow. Okay? 
Annie's a nice gal. I have a soft spot for redheads, uh, but she is a terrible weather girl. Horrible. She just predicts the sun to come out every day. Doesn't work that way. You ever been to Seattle, Annie? Hello. You ever been to Ireland, Annie? Doesn't always work that way. But the point being is the people that are emphasizing all of these stupid things. We've got to teach kindergartners that there are no biological differences between men and women. Okay? No, we don't. I promise you we don't. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Um, we don't need to take toddlers to drag throat shows. We don't need to do that, but that's exactly what Democrats are doing. They're crazy. Um, And the problem is these things that they're prioritizing, mandatory vaccines. Vaccine doesn't stop the spread of COVID. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Treat it like the flu shot. I'm not saying don't get the vaccine. I'm just telling you if you're getting it because you feel some type of an obligation to the rest of us, it doesn't work that way. If a vaccine works, then the people vaccinated don't have to worry about what anyone else does. But in this instance... We're telling vaccinated people, okay, vaccinated people are yelling, hey, you better get that vaccine so I don't get sick. Wait, what? How does that work? Okay, I'm not going to tell you to put on a condom so my wife doesn't get pregnant. Unless there's something going on I don't know about, in which case, oh, well. But you better chip in for that thing. These kids are expensive. Uh, But the point is, okay, the Democrats that are in power right now just want power. And when you just want power, you'll do anything to get and keep that power which is how they justified saying defund the police. Again, they were burning down police stations. They were telling you that if you had a Blue Lives Matter T-shirt on, it was a hate crime. But now they've turned around and they want you to believe that they support the police. No, we support the police. We've always had your back. That's what Joe Biden said. You're alive. Really think about that. No, no, it's the Republicans. They don't support the cops because of the Capitol. No Republican said the Capitol was okay. We're just honest about the Capitol. The only person who died at the Capitol, not a cop, is an unarmed Trump supporter by the name of Ashley Babbitt, contrary to what might have been reported on other outlets. So these midterms are really crucial because we got people in power right now that will say anything. And that's not good. Okay, I wouldn't want Republicans in power that will say anything. You know, you can tell me Trump and his potty mouth. Great. Fine. I don't condone a lot of that guy's behavior, but I condone the hell out of his record. Oh, my goodness gracious. Again. Inflation, gas, the border, crime, everything in between, so much better under Trump than it is under under Obama. Well, it is technically under Obama because he's technically still in charge. But let me give you a little bit of the Senate race in Pennsylvania because this is the crucial one out there. Okay, this is John Fetterman going up against Dr. Oz. John Fetterman doesn't want to debate him. It's clip 22. You turned down to Dr. Oz's invitation to debate. What made you come to that decision? And do you think you'll debate him before the election? Oh, again, as, as I just said, this is just a, a sad uh, approach at this point uh, because they are trying to uh, not focus on the, the condition of their, their campaign right now. And, and when they want to get into a serious conversation and really talk about having a debate, I'd be happy to engage in that. Shut up, fool! So he's trying to avoid a debate. You know, there are some people yelling and screaming it's because he's been debilitated by a stroke. And he does have a lot of bad sound bites out there, and I feel for the guy. I don't, um, you know, I don't want to give the guy a hard time. Um, I have empathy for people, whether I agree with them politically or not. But a lot of people say he's ducking Dr. Oz. Now, Dr. Oz has some problems of his own, and uh, did spend most of his life living in New Jersey. That is a real thing. I'm not going to lie to you, Pennsylvania listeners. Um, does you know also have a home in Pennsylvania, and there's been a battle over that. But what you really want at the end of the day is which guy do you think is going to do the better job of fighting for your interest in Washington? That's what you want to know. 
Okay, that's what we're supposed to be voting on. We're not supposed to be voting on, well, I just want this party to win because I've been rooting for it. I just want that party to win because I've been rooting for it. That's the stupid place we find ourselves right now, and it's why everything sucks in this country. So I'm going to do my job between now and the midterms of getting on everybody running. We will reach out to everybody in both parties, both parties. I am not running a Republican, uh, you know, get out the vote operation. I don't care, man. 90% of what's going on in Washington, they belong to the same party. They just want lobbyist money. Think about all these people. You go to Congress, they make $170,000 a year. They have $30 million in the bank. How is that possible? Yet we're about to get audited by the IRS and not them. There's no way you can tell me that's a good thing. Okay, but the point is, J.D. Vance is coming up. I don't know him at all. I'll have some fun with him, see what the guy's all about. I try to give you the person behind the politics, as I'll try to give with every one of these guys. Because, again, they can all get on the air and say things you agree with. But it's figuring out the caliber of the person that's ultimately going to tell you whether or not they'll fight for what they're promising you. That's the problem in this country. Is a lot of times people vote on, well, I agree with that. But you don't realize the guy saying it to you has got like a frozen drink in his hand. He's already, he's already halfway to Maui with the finance money. you got to get to know people because it's the people that make the politics. So I'll do my job. You just don't go anywhere. We will finish this conversation when we get back. That's all, folks. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Let's head down to the great state of Florida, not just because my alcoholic family is probably listening, cousin Cindy and George, day drinking, either that or they're on a drive-in line at the Culver's, but um, Governor Ron DeSantis clapping back, as they might say on the Daily Mail. Have you ever gotten to the DailyMail.com? It's you know, a lot of celebrity gossip, a little bit of news. Andrew Heaton, a great friend who used to work here at Fox, calls it the Side Boob Gazette. It's really funny. Actually, when I was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, Ben Dominich introduced me to the publisher of the Daily Mail, and I told him that we refer to his site affectionately as the Side Boob Gazette. Uh, he wasn't entirely pleased, but he wasn't displeased. It was just, you know, didn't quite get the reaction we gave it when we originally heard the line. But the point is, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida clapping back at Kathy Hochul and the war on Republican voters. Kathy Hochul, if you remember is the woman who is currently our governor. Why? Because she replaced the outgoing governor, guy who was chased out of office by the name of Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Well, as the sitting governor and the incumbent in the race, she had this message for Republicans earlier in the week. Clip 31. We're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Get out of town. You're not a New Yorker. Yo, America, just so you understand, man, our national motto is e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. You know what that's supposed to mean? What it's supposed to mean is we don't have to have the same values. Bingo. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you value those three things, the rest of your values, we don't care. There's a lot of different values, a lot of different preferences out there. Okay? It's not supposed to be vote with us 100% of the time or we're throwing you out of the state. 
But that's where this rhetorical war has taken us. Why? Because shaming Republicans is more effective for Democrats than standing by their record. Okay, why? Because their record. Are you ready? Their record is complete and total bullshit. It's terrible. Okay, what can Kathy Hochul point to right now in New York? More people are leaving our state than anybody else except California. We've got the highest taxes in the nation. We've got the highest crime anywhere in town. Okay, you can't run on that. But you can run on, oh, you racist. We don't want you here. Here, here's a newsflash. Nobody wants the racists. The problem is most of them are in the Democratic Party. If we're really going to be honest, who's harming the minority communities? The people defunding the police or the people sticking up for them? Obviously the defund crowd. The people denying black children an education if they don't have a vaccine? Or the people saying get the hell out of the way and let everybody forget about the vaccine? Okay, the Democrats are harming minorities actively with these policies. Here's DeSantis, to his credit, clapping back, Daily Mail style, at Kathy Hochul, clip 30. They go after people they don't like. I mean, that's unfortunately where we are in this country. I mean, you have the governor of New York saying all Republicans need to get on a bus and leave the state and come to Florida. I mean, who would say something so ridiculous to say, if you don't agree with me, then you don't even have a right to be here? Uh, and now you have Biden. He's going to say that people that oppo- the majority of the country, by the way, that opposes his policies are somehow semi-fascist. You are correct, sir. He's spot on. But they'll, you know, call him a fascist. Understand, fascism is the government controlling markets and ordering you what to do. Fascism, that's what it is. You know, the guy who is telling you what kind of vehicle you have to buy, what kind of vaccine you have to take, what kind of food you have to eat. That's the guy calling you a fascist. Democrats are so full of crap. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh you bet it is fired up it's a big thursday episode of the show when this is over i'm hosting kennedy tonight filling in for the k train on the fox business network busy tv weekend i'll be on with lawrence jones saturday night monday you can see me back on the five it's a labor day special it's me judge janine dana perino jesse waters uh, handsome Harold Ford going to be there as well. But now's no time to promote my TV schedule because joining us on the phone, wow, this next guest, a Republican candidate for Senate in the great state of Ohio, and he is joining me to answer the question on every Ohioan's mind, which is, will the Buckeyes beat Notre Dame Saturday night? J.D. Vance is here. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think the Buckeyes are going to do just fine against Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's a- I'm, sitting next, I'm sitting next to a Notre Dame fan as we speak, so he's not – He's not happy, but uh, look, I think the question is whether we're going to win by two or three or even four touchdowns, so we should be good. Well, in Vegas, uh, the question is two and a half touchdowns, so if you can get us past yep. 17, uh, I will be sleeping indoors come Sunday morning. Okay. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Absolutely, and really quick, Bob, before I get going, my wife, just so you know, uh, my wife is from Wapakoneta, up the road from you on Route 75, where you grew up. Sure. So plenty of, of Kings Island. I might have cut you in line at Kings Island. We might have, you know, made a made a ran into you at Cedar Point at some point. There, I do have a little history in the Buckeye State. Okay, good, good. good. Yeah, no, we're big Kings Island people, and uh, Wapakoneta isn't that the the home of Neil Armstrong? Yes, it is, my man. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. So you know, I you drive past and you actually see the the space museum yeah. right from the highway. It's amazing because really quick. Uh, I know we have grown up stuff to get into, but when you see what they actually went to the moon in, it was basically like a dishwasher. They like basically went, went an appliance to the moon. It's tiny. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's a, it's amazing that we did it and. You know, frankly, I wonder uh, just how bureaucratic things are these days. If we could even get back, if we tried, I hope. I hope the answer is yes. Yeah. But I worry a little bit that we've lost something in this country in the last fifty years. Well, I mean, I think that's the concern, I, and I, I think that's the crux of you know your great book, Hillbilly Elegy. And I just wanted to ask you this: as someone who's running, you know, as a Republican in Ohio, uh, Ohio voters are very reasonable people, but politics have been nationalized in a way that obviously every race is getting shoehorned under this same national discourse of all Republicans seem to be under attack. Like they're caught. Have you ever thought of a world where they'd attack the voter? Like we're used to politicians being called names, but isn't it a little weird? that they're actually calling voters fascists? Uh, it's really weird. In fact, this is one of the crazy things that happened after 2016 is there was this very brief period where the media was trying to understand, you know, where did Donald Trump come from? Let's try to understand his voters. And that was, you know, by the way, one of the reasons why my book did so well yes. in the immediate aftermath of the 2016 election. And that lasted for like maybe a month. And then the narrative was, well, either these people were duped by Russian propaganda, right? The Russians stole the election or they're all racist and fascist and evil. And it was kind of crazy how people, you know, the, the media didn't just flip, like you said, against one candidate or one president. They flipped against the entire segment of the country that elected him. I've never seen anything like that. And as, you know, as, as a political, you know, hopefully a, a future political leader, but certainly a guy running for office right now, like even if I felt that I didn't like some segment of the population, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, but even if I wasn't, you know, just basic self-preservation. Don't insult half the people you want to vote for you. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre strategy. We're talking to J.D. Vance. Uh, but you talk about an unforced error, but in their worldview, this actually makes sense. But I think part of the reason it does, too, I think there's two things in play. I think, one, they're slandering voters because they'd rather run against voters than run on their record. Like, if we were going to talk about things Tim Ryan has voted for uh, in terms of his parallels between him and Joe Biden— I don't know that they are the priority of people in Ohio, whether we're talking about something as crazy as student loan forgiveness or even trying to pass climate change under the guise of deficit reduction. I mean, you know and I know if climate change is as important to the American people as they say it is, uh, they don't pass a climate change bill under a different name. If I had a bill called free beer and pizza, I could get it passed under that name because free beer and pizza would be pretty popular, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's here, here's the thing that I really – dislike about what Joe Biden is likely to do in this speech and what he's been doing mm -hmm. in his entire administration the last couple of weeks. So you look at the country and you say, okay, when was the last time America won a major war? Well, it's been a long time. Uh, the life expectancy of this country has gone down substantially in the last few years. People are actually dying sooner than they were a generation before. And, and, and yes, some of that's from COVID, but a lot of that's, by the way, from the fentanyl that Joe Biden is allowing to pour across the U.S. southern border. Um, we have serious, serious problems in the country. And I don't know what leader looks at America and says, you know, the problem is that voters are pissed off, not the problem is that we have failed. Yeah. And, and th this is a really deeply corrupt thing that our leadership is doing is the country has not done well the last 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, think about this. You know, 30, 40 years, like China was, 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 was an agrarian society. Nobody really cared that much about it. Mm -hmm. Now it's the preeminent economic rising power. 
our leaders have really screwed up, and that's why people are angry. It's not because they're fascists. It's not because they're bad people. They're angry because the country that they love uh, is not nearly as safe and secure and prosperous as it was. That's a problem for leadership to solve, not to attack their own voters over. And it's true. It's funny. It's like, how dare you get mad at us for running your quality of life into the ground? We've got to go to anger management. You're like, no, how about not run the quality of life into the ground? We're talking to J.D. Vance from the great state of Ohio. Um, You know, when I hear somebody talking about a battle for the soul of our nation, it brings me back to that was the message in the in the previous election. And I don't know how you pay a bill if you win the battle for the soul of our nation. I don't know how you lower fentanyl overdose deaths. And, And I don't think they do either. And that's the frustration is it's not a quantifiable thing. You know, we're winning the battle for the soul. That's no one's concern right now. And I think that's the bigger frustration. But let me get your take on a few things. Okay, you run against Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan is a guy who likes to tell you he's all for middle class tax cuts. But if we just expanded the size of the IRS, I think it's pretty reasonable to say the middle class is going to get audited because we're 60 percent of the tax base. So did he, in essence, just put another bullseye on the back of the middle class or is there an explanation for this? Well, certainly he did. And you know, Tim Ryan's entire problem is that he's a fake moderate. Yeah. Uh, his voting record is 100 percent with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. He is, is a lockstep liberal Democrat, and yet in his TV commercials in the state of Ohio, he pretends that he's some sort of like independent conservative. You wouldn't even know that he was a Democrat based on his TV commercials. You're right about this middle-class tax cut issue because it's the entire centerpiece of his campaign. The only thing that he talks about is the need for a middle-class tax cut, and yet Tim Ryan three weeks ago voted for $20 billion of middle-class tax increases backed up, like you said, with 87,000 IRS agents to go after middle-class Ohioans and small businesses all across the state. Like, look, if you really believe in a middle-class tax cut, you're in Congress. You could have voted for one. Instead, you voted for an increase. So maybe stop pretending that you're a fake moderate. Actually own up to your voting record and let the people of Ohio decide if they want to send a rubber stamp for Joe Biden to the U.S. Senate. Talking to J.D. Vance. Uh, He is, of course, running for Senate in Ohio on the Republican ticket. And let me ask you this about the Democrats, because I agree with Ryan in, in terms of your assessment of Tim Ryan and taxes. It's every one of them. They love raising taxes because they love spending money. You can't support one and not the other. There's no way to pull it off. So it's you know, I won't belabor the point. But do you even this pivot on police? I find this very disingenuous because there was such an anti-cop vitriol everywhere in our country in the summer of 2020. And now that it's become politically expedient to say, hey, maybe the cops aren't all a bunch of Klan members. Biden pretends he supports the cops. But do you find that to be opportunistic? Is that driven by the polls or is it driven by, de- uh, you know, genuine empathy? Oh, it's 100 percent driven by the polls. And we have to remember that Joe Biden explicitly came out. Tim Ryan, mm-hmm. they also came out for stripping police officers of qualified immunity, which would make their job impossible, much more expensive, much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So these guys really went after the police in the wake of the George Floyd killing. And what they've realized is that people just aren't there. And so they're trying to rein this in as much as they possibly can. I mean, look, the, the, the violent crime statistics in this country are crazy. I mean, for 40 years, pretty much my entire life, we've had less and less violent crime year after year. And that really reversed a couple of years ago. And, of course, you know, the, the most of that violent crime falls on people in our poorest communities, in, in our toughest neighborhoods. And, and I think that the Democrats realize this is a political loser, so they're backtracking on it. But we really can't let them do this. American cities are violent because the Democrats failed a leadership test two years ago. We need to hang it around their neck, not allow them to pretend they weren't exactly where they were two years ago.
That's a great point because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to really mem- memory hole what I in my adult life, man. I'm 45. Uh, it really was the darkest place I've ever seen the country go was burning police stations in the name of some type of progress. I thought it was horrific, man. So, you know, my hope is, you know, obviously I, I would like to see the Republicans take control of things in Washington, but I'd like to see the country get to a place where we could play team ball. I think the biggest challenge we have right now, honestly, man, is there is no incentive to work together because most of this has become a messaging battle where the Democrats are running on, agree with me or you're a racist, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe. So there's no incentive to compromise. And we don't have any legislation passing really with bipartisan support because a lot of it isn't good legislation. Do you think there's any world, okay, you know, in in the era of culture wars where you could get into the Senate and actually be productive as a opposed to just fighting for headlines? Because that seems to be the game right now. No, I, I, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, at least on a few issues, there are things where Democrats and Republicans could actually get together you know, do some do some real legislating, uh, make some good policy changes. You know, the, the, the problem is, you know, the, the activists on the left control so much of the modern Democratic Party. Yep. Like, look, let's say for here's just an example. OK, Democrats by and large, are very, very worried about climate change. Mm-hmm. And Republicans, by and large, are very, very worried about providing low-cost energy for consumers and for our manufacturing industries. So so, so, so out of that, those two concerns, you could have a piece of legislation that was really pro-Ohio and American natural gas. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could really invest in our nuclear energy, which we haven't really done in 50 years in this country. Uh, so, so there are things that you could get you could get done, mm-hmm. not by compromising on principles, but by using those principles to accomplish something with other people uh, who, who agree with you on a particular issue. But that would require the Democrats to ignore the crazies in their party who think that nuclear energy is the end of the world or that all fossil fuels must be banned. So, yeah, I actually think most most people, Democrat or Republican in our country, are reasonable. I think it's the activists on the left who make a lot of this stuff hard. But uh, yeah, I do think it's possible to pierce through that, even in the climate we live in today. All right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, but the you know the bigger issue at this point is 17 points versus Notre Dame. So if you could just start by getting, <laughs> if you can get the Fox Across America listeners a point spread cover Saturday night, you know your word here is gold going forward. Okay. Well, I I I, I think that it's going to be a lot easier to beat Notre Dame by 17 points. Uh, then it's going to be to fix what's wrong in Washington, but we'll try to do both. <laughs> well, I'll just tell everybody to go all in on Ohio State then. We won't count on Washington. Just bet it all on the Buckeyes. Good call, man. I, I appreciate your time today. Okay, thank you. Take care. Be well. There he goes, J.D. Vance, running for Senate in the great state of Ohio. Says bet it all in on the Buckeyes. I got to tell you, man, 17 points is a high line in the first game of the season. But they're going to be, you know what, they're going to be in the horseshoe. Best damn band in the land. Little script Ohio action. That crowd's going to be revved up. They started drinking yesterday for this game. Okay, I know my Ohio people. Uh, that come on, man. My I got family in Wapakoneta. They've you know the fourth congressional district. That's where Jim Jordan's from. They have natural light coming out of the faucets. The right faucet is Mountain Dew. The left faucet is natural light. Where you live, you probably have hot water, cold water. They don't have that. They don't drink any of that stuff. No, what are you talking about? It's all Mountain Dew and Natty Lights. Why I love them. That's why they're my people. Uh, but J.D. Vance makes a good point outside of all the silly football talk that I'm addicted to. You know, we're at a place in politics where the far left, because they're so vocal, 
That's the issue. They're so vocal and they wield so much power. I've said this before about the squad. The squad has never passed a meaningful passive uh, piece of legislation. If you were going to talk about AOC and her most significant accomplishment. AOC is a dope. Fine, but her most significant accomplishment outside of having a big audience when she cooks macaroni and cheese on Instagram. Her most significant accomplishment, for real, for real, is that she killed um, literally 10,000 high-paying jobs in her district. Because she was anti-Amazon, because all she knows about rich people is they're supposed to be evil and corporations don't pay enough in taxes, eat the rich. So she ate the rich, chased Amazon out of her district. And what happened? Her district, which badly needs jobs, which badly needs, you know, maybe more restaurants, more opportunity, more hotel revenue, because you've got these 10,000 Amazon things moving in, Amazon gigs moving in, gets none of it because AOC yelled and screamed and they pushed Amazon out. And again, I'm not a Jeff Bezos fan on any level, but when your most significant accomplishment is killing jobs, you can't get out there with a straight face and tell me your party's the one creating them. That's true. That is true. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. Fired up, man. It's a big Thursday. I'm hosting Kennedy tonight. I keep telling you that because I need the ratings. That's why. Sit on the couch. Hang out with your radio buddy. Watch me host a TV show. That's insane. Uh, But the other thing I'm talking about, aside from shamelessly promoting my appearances, everybody's like, would you shut up? We don't care. Uh, But some of you do because some of you are the ones driving this thing, making all of this television growth possible. They wouldn't have me on if people weren't watching. So you guys that are watching, thank you. You guys are partners in this enterprise. I say it all the time. Fox Cross America works because it is our show. I'm not the star. We are cool people who like the country, who like themselves. That's the thing. People on the left right now are calling you fascists because they hate themselves. That's how this works. If they can just convince themselves that you're evil, that makes them okay. Bingo. That's, that's what they do. That is what goes on. I live in New York. These are the richest people in the world. And they're miserable. And I, I, again, there is no correlation between wealth and happiness or wealth and intelligence. You'll meet plenty of stupid rich people and you'll meet plenty of miserable rich people. And I can tell you from driving a cab, I know plenty of really happy poor people. I mean, we were all poor, really poor, but we were having a good time, you know, because your attitude defines your experience in life. You have a good attitude, you generally have a good time. You have a bad attitude, doesn't matter how rich you are, how good you're doing, you're probably not going to have a good time. So you don't know how to enjoy yourself. And that's my biggest gripe about the political divide right now is we're selling unhappiness. We're selling grievance. That's what the left is selling. They're not selling victorhood. You can do it. They're selling victimhood. The deck is stacked. Don't even try. That's what they do. Every, every, you know, feels like every two days the Democrats trot out another rich person to tell you how oppressed we are. You don't understand. It's bad, said Michelle Obama from her $40 million beachfront mansion. Black women are invisible in this society. Well, you are because it's a gated community and we can't see you. You know, but the truth is they're using symbols of success to sell us oppression. It's the biggest joke. Uh, Me and Kennedy did a hit last week on her show where we were talking about Meghan Markle and her podcast. She's doing a woe is me podcast at a time when 65 percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. She's doing a podcast about how hard it is to be a British royal. What an idiot. But really think about that. 
Oh, it's so hard. Yesterday I only got an eight-handed massage. Normally it's ten hands. It's five people massaging me. But with COVID, one of them stayed home, so it was only an eight-handed and... Shut up! Will you shut up? Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear about how difficult it is to be a British royal. How challenging it is to fly around the world in a private jet and lecture us about climate change. Nobody cares. But again, she sells this because we incentivized victimhood. Tell the world you're unhappy about something. You'll get applauded. You'll get currency. You'll get a promotion at work. You'll get somebody fired because you're unhappy. You, your individual unhappiness, has become a form of currency in this country. Yes, if you want to be surrounded by other miserable people. But if you really want to get out there and live a great life, just be happy. Isn't that what Bobby McFerrin said? Don't worry, be happy. I mean, I do think he blew his brains out eventually, but the point is it was a good message. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Getting ready for a big hour here on Fox Across America. It is the George Wright Radio Hour. Now that means nothing to you right now, but by the time this hour is over, you will be a changed man, woman, they, them, zeer, whatever you identify as. There's 8 million genders at this point. I don't even, you know. I don't know, but you're all welcome here, no matter what you identify as. And by the end of this hour, you will know, you will know George Wright and his legacy in the radio industry. He is, of course, retiring. George Wright is, uh, you know, he really is the straw that stirs the drink here at Fox News. He's down in master control. Uh, And when he's not day drinking, he's always a force multiplier of positive energy. Everybody loves him. And after 51 years in the radio industry, Fox News finally came to their senses and was like, Get him out of here. Get him out. But we are saluting George Wright. He will join us at the end of the hour. We're also going to talk to Tom Homan former acting ICE director, which is not nearly as prestigious as being George Wright. Uh, And we will talk to you as well if you want to call in 888-788-9910. Homan's coming on because the border battle is getting very contentious. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, his strategy of busing migrants to Democratic cities is actually working. I mean, it is a genius move. Why? Because he's forcing Democrats to talk about the border. Now, understand where I come at this from. Okay, I'm going to really oversimplify the issue. The border to your country is like the front door of your house. You want to know who's walking in and out of your house during the day, during the night. Okay, you lock the door at night. You know, you might even lock the door during the day if you live in a neighborhood like, you know, the ones around Fox News headquarters here in New York City. Everybody's crazy. Got all kinds of hobbits and malfeasance and time travelers walking around. You know, but the point is the border is not a issue of black or white. It is not a race issue. It is a it is an issue of right or wrong. Is it an issue of common sense? Understand just so you know how we got to where we are. Democrats voted for border wall funding two times, two times. Once was under George W. Bush. The second was under Barack Obama. Don't be thick, all right? But it did happen. They voted for border wall funding 2012 under Obama. Why? Because they knew securing the border would discourage people from taking a perilous journey into our country that often doesn't end well for any of them. You've seen these horrific images of people drowning in the Rio Grande. 
migrants suffocating in the back of tractor trailers. And, oh, yeah, there's also the inconvenient truth, to put it in Democrat terms, that 30 percent of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted along the way. Yo, cartels and human trafficking have become a billion-dollar industry because of the current porous border. But understand, the border is porous because the Democrats made securing the border an issue of racism. They said, ah, if you want to build a wall, that's racist. We should be building bridges, not walls. What the hell does that even mean? Okay, but understand, every Democrat that said that then went home to what? Some type of a community with a wall around it. Okay, Joe Biden, they just built a wall around his mansion in Delaware. Now, to be clear, that wasn't a wall to keep people out. That was a wall to keep Biden in because they don't want the guy wandering off and then nobody knows how to get him back. You know what I'm saying? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, You know, you really can't let that guy walk around on his own. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But the point is, every one of these Democrats, every one of these Democrats voted for wall funding twice. And then when Trump came down the escalator and was like, build a wall, they were like, that's racist. That's just how white folks will do you. But do you understand yelling racism because it's politically expedient sometimes winds up harming the people you purport to care about? Again, 30 percent of the women who cross the border illegally get sexually assaulted. We've had over two million people cross the border this year. By definition, that's a million women, 300,000 sexual assaults because we didn't want to be racist and discourage this type of perilous trip. And, oh, by the way, bigger issue at the border. Obviously, we have a lot of empathy for the people who come here because they're trying to flee real oppression. They're fleeing food insecurity. They're fleeing cartel violence. They're fleeing corrupt governments. And, of course, if they get shipped to a Democratic city, they're winding up with all three of those things again. But the point is, the fentanyl coming across our border illegally is the leading killer of all Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. It's not Trump's tax returns, not monkeypox, it's not COVID, it's fentanyl. This issue is a life or death issue for every race, for every, uh, you know, political affiliation. Fentanyl doesn't know if you're a Republican or a Democrat when it kills you. It doesn't know what race you are when it kills you. Again, the leading cause of death in our country for people between the ages of 18 and 45 is fentanyl. And up until now, they have done nothing about it because they viewed securing the border as some type of uh, racist statement. Okay, to be honest, we just had 100 people busted in California. I'm going to talk about it tonight when I'm hosting Kennedy. They're from Sri Lanka. Okay, people are crossing our border from all over the world. They come up through Mexico, but they fly to Mexico. They sail to Mexico because they know they're going to get in. We have turned America into the college bar that doesn't check ID. That's where we are right now. Remember in college, if you were underage, but you heard about one bar that was letting people in, even if they didn't have a legit ID, that's America. Okay, once the word gets out that you don't need real ID to get in, you don't have to go through the proper channels, everybody shows up, business is booming. And if you're in the the position the Democrats are in, which is they are misreading the tea leaves and thinking Latino voters and people who migrate to this country just want handouts, just want to be on the government dole, just want to live in a country that doesn't emphasize border security – You're really misreading the situation. Biden's support is down 40 points with Latino voters. And that's before Jill Biden called him a bunch of breakfast tacos. Okay, he's down 40 percent with Latino voters because people who migrated to this country legally want nothing to do with a guy who keeps pushing illegal immigration. 
and understand they are pushing illegal immigration. Not maybe in word, but certainly in deed. Because the bottom line is if everybody apprehended at our border gets let into the country, then you're telling them, come here illegally. You can say, oh, no, but, you know, they have asylum cases. And, yo, 91% of the people who get processed at the border do not show up for their asylum case. We don't then go out and deport them because we made that an issue under Donald Trump of race. Oh, look, Trump's deporting people. He doesn't like them. Racism. He's throwing them out. Yo, the people who get deported, like the violent criminals, should be deported, okay? Bottom line. And the people who come here peacefully should come here legally. Bottom line. We didn't say don't come. We didn't say we a word about your race. Who cares about your race? It's irrelevant to the conversation. Okay, this is a country built on immigration, legal immigration. Okay, people went to Ellis Island. They got processed. They became a part of the country. They assimilated. They bought into the American dream. Hey, I'm American. They, didn't, they weren't hyphenated American. They were American. In theory, everybody who lives here is hyphenated American. We all came from somewhere, but we didn't look at each other that way. We looked at each other as American. We bought in. We bought in. We're a country. We're Americans. We're doing this. That meant something. It was awesome. Now the Democrats are resegregating society, and they're doing that because they think it's advantageous to them politically. That if we just make this all about race, then anybody who disagrees with the policy can be called a racist. Ergo, we win. But who loses? The people in those classes that the Democrats purport to care about. Never forget, defund the police was supposed to be about helping black people. The black murder rate went up 35 percent since defund the police became a thing. And guess what all the people who got all that Black Lives Matter money did? They went out and they bought mansions. That's what they did. Kind of funny. Because now everybody from Black Lives Matter who bought a mansion in Beverly Hills is now getting the cops called on them by the same white people who felt guilty enough to donate in Beverly Hills. <laughs> but let's talk about immigration for a second because we're going to get into it with Tom uh, Homan. Okay, Manuel Castro. He's the New York City Immigration Commissioner. And uh, he's calling what Greg Abbott is doing, the relocating of migrants, a right-wing extremist crisis. Clip 35. Unfortunately, what we actually have here is a right-wing political extremist crisis. Unfortunately, Governor Abbott is fomenting anti-immigrant and anti-Latino hate, which impacts all of us, whether we arrived here today or decades ago, which is why we're responding this strongly to what Governor Abbott and others are doing. I mean, come on. Garbage like you just makes me sick. This is the new Democratic playbook, okay? Anything we want to do, we say we have to do, or there's people on the right that are going to get violent and kill everybody. That's what they're doing. With no self-awareness, not a hint of irony at the fact that when the Democrats got mad in the summer of 2020, they burnt down police stations, caused $2 billion worth of property damage, 42 people died at riots labeled as mostly peaceful protests. Think about that. Nobody thinks the Capitol was cool, but the Capitol wasn't one-fiftieth the carnage that the summer of 2020 was, that the ongoing Antifa presence in Portland is. wasn't anywhere close to that. But the Democrats' entire playbook, Joe Biden's going to speak tonight in primetime, is we've got to do something about right-wing extremism in this country. I'm here to unite us by telling us that all Republicans are bad. He doesn't want unity. Unity is you think your way, I think my way, but we're all on the same team. No, no, no. What they're pitching is think our way or we'll label you a right-wing dangerous extremist and use the full force of our government to come after you. 
Okay, Manuel Castro labeling this as a crisis of right-wing extremism. That's what Abbott's doing. No, what Abbott's doing is he's trying to get Democrats to pressure Biden to help secure the border. The border, the open border, the fentanyl coming across the border is killing more people in America between the ages of 18 and 45. You can't tell me the guy who wants to stop that is the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. You can't look at it through a racial lens. you got to look at it through a lens of sanity. Okay, and we don't have a lot of sanity left in our country. That's the biggest problem. That's why Tom Homan, former acting ICE director, is probably going to drop an F-bomb when he joins us next. So don't go anywhere, okay, because this country is a mess, and the Democrats aren't doing anything to clean it up. You're absolutely right. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Who's normally busy this time of day listening to Waylon Jennings and drinking beer. I don't know how we interrupted his schedule, but we appreciate him being here. Former acting ICE director. He is, of course, a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Tom Homan back on the show. Hey, man. You know, I just stopped by and picked up a 12-pack of Utica Club, so I'm on my way back home to listen to a little Merle Haggard or Waylon. <laughs> of course you are. Homan, you're the man. I, I Listen. Uh, your passion for beer only rivaled by your passion for securing our southern border. If we could clone you, man, but is that safe? If we had, if we had like a hundred Tom Homans running around, does that at some point become counterproductive? You know, it might, it might, because uh, you know you can't have that many people raising hell. But you know, I wake <laughs> up every day. I wake up every day pissed off what's going on on our border. I, intentionally, by the way, intentionally. So it upsets me. But you know, it's. Mm-hmm. We'll have to fix it, and the only way we can fix it is people get out there and vote, and we got to take Congress back, got to take the White House back, yep. and we'll go back down there and do it again. Yeah, well, this is what I wanted to ask you. So the Biden administration this week is starting to talk about fentanyl. Like, they actually said the word fentanyl out loud at the podium for the first time since he's gotten into office, um, and they claim they're going after fentanyl now. But in what way are they really going after it, or is this just some type of a midterm message? They can't go after it unless they shut down the border. They've they got to secure the border. Because, look, the DEA is on record to say 95% of the fentanyl is coming across the southwest border. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's not, it's not a coincidence. The same year you got record historic illegal immigration that you have historic overdose deaths on fentanyl. Because, because what they cause is humanitarian crisis on the border has resulted in up to 70% of agents being pulled off the line. So 30% of the board is protected. The criminal cartels have a field day moving drugs across this unguarded border. So if they want to shut down the fentanyl, a big portion of it, they secure the border. Put the Trump policies back in place to give us the most secure border we've ever had. Let the board, let 100% of the border patrol agents get back on the line to seize this stuff coming across. They'll seize a hell of a lot more with 100% on the line than 30% on the line. Yeah. I think that's the problem uh, is that we have so many border agents that are just in customer service right now processing people. And uh, they know that. I mean, we were reading the other day that the border has become a billion dollar industry for cartels and human traffickers because there's that much money being made in smuggling people and goods and everything in between into the country. 
Um, you know, when you say implement, you know, re-implement Trump policies, I know we talk a lot about remain in Mexico and stuff like that. Uh, is there anything else they could be doing? Because I, I, I you know, I, again, them saying it is not them doing it. And I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what would what is like the three point or the five point Tom Homan plan? Remain in Mexico across the board, mm-hmm. put in the, the, the third safe country agreements with the three Central American countries and continue building the wall. Mm-hmm. Where are the people coming to? I, I read on these, you know, the editors all the time. Well, Trump's wall obviously doesn't work. We got historic illegal immigration with over 450 miles of wall built. Mm-hmm. Well, moron, look at where these people are coming from. They're coming from, they're coming through <laughs> where there isn't a wall. It, it, it just makes sense. So look, the wall, remain in Mexico. When we were when we were with President Trump, remain in Mexico is across the board. Yep. And the Supreme Court has not said it's illegal. They just said, you know, the government can turn it back off or on when, if they want. Mm-hmm. Turn it back on. Because what we're what we just talked about, the criminal cartels, you know, people want to know why the criminal cartels, why there's so much violence in Mexico right now. The cartels are fighting for each other to control the plazas. Because you're right. They're making a record amount of money in alien smuggling, record amount of money in human trafficking or women and children for sex trade, record amount of money in drug trafficking. So they're making more money than they've ever made because, again, up to 70% of border trade is off the line. That's why there's so much violence in Mexico. And we're not even touching base, Jimmy, on, on the national security issue. When you got 30% of the border guarded, how many known and suspected terrorists going to walk across that border? Because here's the problem. We create all these databases after 9-11. I was part of it. We got the TSA uh, no-fly list. You got the FBI screening database. You got the visa security program, which the visa security program on its own has stopped thousands of people from getting a visa come to this country that had derogatory information in their background. So these, the, all, these screening processes are great, but they don't mean anything. Because if I'm a terrorist, why would I put myself in a position to get a visa or airline ticket? No, I'll be vetted. Yep. Why would I put myself through that when I can simply walk across the southwest border the way 900,000 others did and not be arrested? That is, it's so true. And that's what I find so fascinating really quick is when you hear Biden try to tell you, well, we raided Trump because nobody's above the law. There seems to be a lot of people above the law at our southern border. Um, it's fascinating. Uh, but really quick, in a minute, you know, Greg Abbott in Texas, obviously— He's trying to bring attention to the crisis and get Democrats to put some pressure on the White House. What do you think of his strategy of relocating migrants via bus? Because I seem like it seems like it's working. Absolutely. He, he look. He, he started a national conversation. A lot of country wasn't even talking about illegal immigration. Look, I I think he's calling out these sanctuary cities for what they really are. Yeah. They're they're political. You know, they want to be a sanctuary city for political reason, but they're actually sent. Yeah. Illegal aliens having a fit, but they're protect criminal aliens won't let ICE in their jails for their sanctuary. Yeah. Now he's got. Now he's sent it to Chicago. Now if Governor Adams listen, go to Philly yeah. and go to Boston. That's your five biggest sanctuary cities. So let's have that. I think he ought to continue doing. It. I think he. I. Th- I think he should be the Secretary of Homeland Security because uh-huh. he's done more to secure our border than anybody in this administration. Yeah, no, he has. He's been phenomenal. Uh, Tom Homan, I don't want that beer to get warm. So get home and tell Merle Haggard I said hi. Okay. You got it. Be well, buddy. I'll see you soon. There he goes, the legendary Tom Homan. When we come back, the legendary George Wright putting a bow on 51 years in radio. Uh, Right here. You got to hear this. This is a great American moment coming up when we come back on Fox Across America.
It is Fox Across America saluting a man we consider to be the greatest American hero. Now, you guys know that me, Jimmy Fallon, uh, I've been hosting this show for a little more than two years. I've been working in radio. Uh, this next guest got his start. He was actually covering, I believe it was the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> it was uh, been in radio a long time. The legendary George Wright uh, working his final tour of duty here at Fox News Radio. He joins us now. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. This is a big deal. This is great. Have you noticed the energy on the floor today? Oh, please. But have you stopped to think that people are a little too excited about your last day? Well, you know, it's all. Listen, any I can get is fine. <laughs> you'll just take, you'll take the intention and the enthusiasm. Because at first I was like, wow, people really love George. But then I was like, wow, don't they seem a little too happy? He's I want to see him. He's leaving. I, yeah, I want to see more tears. I'm just seeing high fives, conga lines. They're going to a bar. But congratulations. Confirm for the audience 51 years yeah. in radio. Yeah. That is crazy. What were you doing when you started? I was a uh, desk assistant at an all news radio station. Listen, nobody likes a show off. I'm kidding. You were the (laughs) desk. You were the desk assistant at a news station. Yeah, but you've done everything in radio. Yeah, you've hosted a. I believe you told me you were hosting a a jazz brunch at one point on Long Island. So confirm this for me, because I always had my suspicions as a guy driving a cab, listening to a lot of different radio during the day. Yeah, I always thought the jazz brunch guy was participating in the brunch ritual of drinking. Can you confirm? It's your last day. You can say anything. I can no, not confirm nor deny. Okay. You're, playing, you're still playing defense, yeah, which comes as a relief because they were on the fence about having you on because you're like, yo, this guy's a wild card. It's his last day. He can say whatever he wants, but I'm left behind with the damage. If right. you pull the pin and walk out the door. Yeah. All right, but you're going to play a little defense, which tells me you were drunk at those jazz brunches. Um, what else have you done? <laughs> what, what else were you I doing? I did talk shows in Boston. I... Uh... Yeah. So you've worked in Boston, New York, anywhere else that I should Connecticut? Really? Yeah. I mean, 51 years, I'd imagine, in radio. It's I've not been a exactly few places, a, yeah. It's not exactly a sit-in-one-spot <laughs> medium. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. So you've done talk radio. You've done music radio. Yeah, like, like so, easy listening music radio. Get out of town. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was always concerned with easy listening as, as a guy who's driving for like 15 hours a day. Yeah. But aren't you concerned everyone's just going to fall asleep? Isn't it too easy? Or well, how do you navigate that? Well, you just don't want to disturb anybody. The program director <laughs> says don't disturb anybody. All right. So can you give us an easy listening, uh, George Wright, really quick, like take us in and out of break or something? All right. Well, it's just about 2.37. And <laughs> Go ahead, continue. I can't. I can't. No, give me a little more. <laughs> Your soothe, soothing tones of George Wright, easy listening. Take it away. Now, more continuous easy favorites right now. <laughs> Fell asleep. Fell asleep. <laughs> Fell right asleep. That's my tact. My taxi's in the side of a river right now. I like. Actually, I do. I do like it. I actually think you know it's funny, George. I, I would almost think it would be more popular now because everybody's like so on edge. Maybe we need more easy lessons. Absolutely. Maybe you're leaving too soon. <laughs> Maybe we can bring it back. That's what I'm saying. Maybe sure. easy listening. May it's not over. Just when you thought you were getting out, we pulled you right back in. That's fine. George Wright is in studio now. What everybody needs to know about you and the role you play in my life, but everybody's life, is George really is like just you're just good for morale. Uh, you, you know that. I think you know that by now. But every morning when I get off the elevator here on the radio floor at Fox News, uh, me and George will look at each other through the glass, and he will, you know, very, like in a pronounced way, give me the finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. But we'll always wave. We'll always salute each other. And it is a big part of my ritual. So have we discussed with whoever's replacing you? Because this was a sucker punch. I did not know you were leaving till like an hour ago. Actually, I knew Monday. But I don't – I actually don't have – have they thought about like a hologram? You know, like Elvis still tours yeah, as a hologram? Yeah. Is Fox going to chip in to get me a George Wright hologram? We could work on that. 
Sure. Maybe not for Tuesday, but. uh... (laughs) (laughs) But it's a whole big part of my day. As I come off the elevator, I see you. We have a big hello. Yeah. Uh, There's a mutual admiration society going on here. You know, they say all the crazy people find each other. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to need a George. It's just dawning on me. This is a big part of the day. What if the show tanks, George? I don't know. About Think of that. the children. Come on, come on. But I'm happy to see you when you get off that elevator. Yeah, so. it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big part of the day. So what will happen now? You're not going to be greeting people on random elevators because that's obviously an issue. Are you are you planning on moving? Are you planning on staying in the tri-state area? I'm what is George? Stay having? right around here. Okay. Maybe I'll be a greeter at the Seven Eleven, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> does, that you, that, does that mean you're going to be the guy who buys beer for the underage kids? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, you could do that. You're like, it's, sir, absolutely. are you going in? Yeah. Did, did you? up doing that? Sure. Yeah, of course you did, right? <laughs> you can't do that now. You'll go to jail. Exactly. But back in the day when I was like a high school kid, I'd be like, sir, are you going in this establishment? Can you buy me beer? I'll pay for yours. And they always did. Yeah. Never took long, Nobody right? ever offered to pay for mine, though. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to the great George Wright, a force multiplier of excellence and positive energy. It is his final day at Fox News Radio after 51, 51 years. So when you started for real, I was making jokes about the Gettysburg Address, but it was like Nixon. Nixon yeah. was president? Watergate. I was uh, wow. working through the Watergate years, the night he quit. Wow. So you have covered, you know, obviously monumental news. Yeah. Monumental disasters, you know, the the Titanic, the launch of The View. Uh, you know, think, things that really crushed America and morale for times at a time. But then, I, so I'm thinking about this. Nixon, wow, the 70s. Okay, so you saw Nixon. You saw, obviously, Ford, yeah. Reagan. When was, in your opinion, when was America, when did America peak? Or, I mean, are we peaking now? Are you a crazy person? Do you think we're peaking right now? <laughs> yeah, right. When do you think, when do you think we peak? Because I have a theory, uh, okay, but okay. I want to hear yours. I don't. Uh, All right, man. let me give you mine. Yeah, I think America peaked 1985 when the Bears recorded the Super Bowl shuffle, and this is why. Oh. Not even because of football and the <laughs> yeah. Bears. Not even because of that. I just think society was in a good place under Reagan. There was like some national pride, and if you remember, what was the highest rated show on TV? It was the Cosby Show. Yeah. So we were a fully integrated society in the sense that we weren't like fighting over race or politics. We were just having a good time. Things were looking up. Well, it's also the amount of cocaine was everywhere <laughs> yeah. in the 80s. I think every, that's where we probably peaked in the 80s. No one wants to talk about it. But everybody was in a good mood. Yeah. But when would you say national morale, the country felt the best? Am I am I near the mark? Was that's the pretty 90s? much it. Do you that's think it pretty was? much it. You think, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, because I think the only two arguments you can make is also like, you know, there was a run in the 90s, you know, when the you know tech industry and Bill Clinton was having fun and everybody was telling Bill Clinton jokes on the, ra- on the late night shows. Yeah. That was a funny pocket for a while there. But I would say after that, it kind of, kind of downhill. Everything kind of dried up. It's kind of right. <laughs> Who do you blame, George? Because the one constant here is you. Things were going up when George was on the radio. But let's be clear. Yeah. The last 10 years of this administration, George, not exactly harmonious. Don't blame me. Uh, too funny. The great George Wright is in studio. Uh, you know him from everything. News, talk, sports, lottery, human trafficking, you name it. <laughs> He's done it. He's done it all. Um what was the craziest place you worked in radio? 
It had to be that news station. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And what is it about news that makes it psychotic? Was this, Well, uh, because it's just the same news all the time. <laughs> and But back then you could, you could light the, uh, the announcer's coffee on fire while he's trying to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Real pranks. You turn the lights out. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Were you working in news? Because I didn't make it into news uh, in the era of like they were drinking scotch, chain-smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes, yeah. and punching people in the face at deadline because it was so high-strung. That was that place? Yeah. <laughs> You were there. I was there. You were there for the good old days. There was no HR department. You had to settle it outside. <laughs> that was the HR department was in the parking lot. Yeah, you settle it outside and come back and go to work. You're so right. So you know when we peaked? We peaked before America got too litigious. You know everybody sues yeah. now, everybody fires, mm-hmm. gets canceled, protests. You're right. Because I, I, I make this argument in my stand-up act that I can't advocate for violence, but I think society would be better if fist fighting was still a thing. Yeah. Oh, George. <laughs> this is stuff you get out of him on the last day. So you're actually leaving because you're starting a militia. Is that what I'm to understand? <laughs> George is storming the Capitol. Uh, he's got stuff to do. Uh, but no, I think that's part of it because you really think about it. Like when we were kids, people did get in fights. And we were on our own. Yeah, now somebody just shoots you. Yeah. Well, come on. I'm telling you, fist fighters were the good guys here, George. Exactly. You get it. Exactly. So you saw Reagan, uh, exciting stuff. You saw the Clinton thing. You saw the Bush thing, the Obama thing. Um, uh, how about Governor Rockefeller getting stabbed? That was just fed to me from in there. I don't even know what it means. But Mikey's just feeding questions now. That so was, where were you for that? That was a prank call to that same all-news oh. station. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody called in the middle of the night and reported that. That the governor was stabbed? Yeah. Wow, that's a fact. And you took, did you, did it make the air? They went right on, yeah, it made the air. George! One time. <laughs> Come on, George! No, I didn't know you had one. Of, get him out of here! Get him out. Come on, George. I'm trying to hose a nationally syndicated show here. That's before, before people checked sources more yeah. closely. Oh, yeah, you just rip and read? You just, yeah. Well, one of the, I think the best news prank of all time was there was a news station in San Francisco that mm-hmm. had a low-flying airplane. And someone got the anchors to read that the pilots' names were Holy Fook, We Too Low, and Bang Ding Out. If you guys have ever seen that viral video, I consider it the best news prank ever. And I can repeat this because the anchors said it on the air. Sure. She, it, was, it was a flight coming in, and, you know, that was the joke. And the anchor reads it so dead serious that it makes it infinitely funnier when you hear it like going yeah. back because it's that serious news tone and does he hear what he's saying no <laughs> yeah, i mean you just killed off the governor no big deal yeah. i mean guy like you <laughs> george wright is in studio 51 years in radio uh what was your favorite radio job it had to be connecticut yeah yeah what a shot at the place saluting you today oh, we got an open bar <laughs> around the block wait a minute this place that's what george. i said no no be honest <laughs> No, no, but that was your favorite place, and what was it about it? Because I, I could do so many things. I, okay. I went up in the Fuji Blimp. I, you know, I was oh. on the on a roller coaster live on the radio. Just stuff like that. It was just fun stuff. They were doing like bits, like yeah. you go out and be yeah. in the field. Just go out and be, you know, man. Like we do, man on the street. You were doing man on the blimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. That kind of went by the wayside after that whole Hindenburg thing. Yeah, like, yeah well. we're not doing as many blimp hits anymore. <laughs> that's the kind of bookings I get. It. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Ah, oh, George. Um, I think that's amazing. Well, what I think about Fox News Radio that makes it so unique and awesome, and the thing that's made it so much fun for me is. 
because there really is a great sense of community on a big radio floor like this. Exactly. And, you know, when you work at an individual station, you know, it's it's a little bit more uh, almost like isolated. You got a couple of people in a couple of offices. Mm-hmm. You got a couple of recording studios and that's it. This is like the Mall of America. There's like a food court. Absolutely. There's people everywhere. <laughs> and there's, a, you know, a lot of interaction. I actually love the setup of Fox News Radio. Could you at least compliment that since you've been slandering everybody who works here under your breath this whole time you've been in my studio? <laughs> this place is Unlike any other. I say that every day. Unlike any other. Don't you? I I really do selfishly wish, you know, people that like hate watch Fox. I wish those people could get like a mandatory tour of the building, not just even radio, but the building. We work. It's the one thing in the best atmosphere is everyone here is cool. Like the talent is cool. Absolutely. The staff is cool. And, you know, the reason I I really it meant a lot for me to get you on today is like, uh, you know, we know this. Everybody who goes on the air at Fox News knows the reason we succeeded our jobs is the offensive line behind us. Like we are. Nothing like if you, you know, if you guys take a day off, we got big problems. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we're the guys that get tough when the cops show up. We yeah. know we can't lose the fight because the cops are going to break it up. That's the staff at Fox News. Yeah. Top to bottom. It's the best staff in the world. And uh, I mean, you kind of were the face of that staff as the guy here with longevity who greeted everybody when they came out of the elevator. I don't know why HR is forcing you out. Uh, I'm kidding. Well, you listen. You can't, <laughs> can't let long, everything out. Don't it's worry. It's a long it. season. Nobody yeah. goes undefeated. Uh, the point is, George, like, we love you, George. This is a big deal. Are you going to keep in touch with us? Or are you going to do what every guy says on the way out the door? Like, let's be clear. I haven't heard a word from Dan Shields. Okay. <laughs> Dan Shields, another guy we love. Dan Shields yeah. said the same thing. Last day, Jimmy, we love you. Yeah, it's don't the worry. best. <laughs> the number you have reached is not in service. George just told me to call him anytime. His number is 555 5555. Come on, George. Don't do me like that. Don't worry. I'll keep in touch. George, you, you, you are the wind beneath my wings. You know that. And if they don't get me a hologram, it's going to be a big problem for the show going forward. We'll so work on it. Hopefully, yeah. Don't hit them up too hard with the royalty fees. Uh, don't get too drunk at the open bar today. You've right, got Mikey right. for that. All right. This is the thing. If you get banged up, this is my advice today. If you get banged up at this party they're throwing for you, just hang out with Mikey. You'll never be the drunkest guy as long as Mikey's in the room. <laughs> That's my strategy. We take Mikey on the road, and they're like, wow, Jimmy Fallon's got his life together. I was like wearing a toga, but nobody notices because of what a Mikey's doing the backstroke in the hotel lobby fountain. It's hard for me to look like the bad guy, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's that's the trick in life. Uh, do you have any other radio advice for me before you go? You did 51 years in this business. I've done nothing. I want you to keep doing what you're doing because you are. Oh, George. Come on. You read it just the way I wrote it down. Thank you. Oh, George, you're the greatest. Listen, I, I love you, man. I'm, I'm sad to see you go, but I'm happy for this next chapter of your life. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Don't take too many blimp rides. No. (laughs) Or or yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't kill too many governors on the air. Oh, we'll always have this. The great George Wright taking a victory lap. He's off to the bar. Uh, But he assured me he's going to keep in touch. I don't know, George. It didn't seem sincere, but I'll find you. I'll keep in touch. The original George from Queens. 51 years in radio. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And my man George Wright is crowd surfing out of the studio after 51 glorious years in radio. You have to hear me say this because... You guys don't know George the way we know him here, but you know me. I've, you know, we have an intimate relationship, and I wanted to do this last break on my own just so you guys understood you know, how much he meant to us and how much he meant to me. Like He's a 
one of the biggest parts of my day here is I'd come out of the elevator and see him and we'd, you know, salute each other and wave at each other and hop up and down. He's just the best dude. And I, and I honestly just so universally loved and appreciated because he's just one of those people that's good for morale. And you know how I always say in life, the best way for you to get ahead, make a great career for yourself, make a, a great relative, make a great spouse, make a great coworker is to be a force multiplier of positive energy. Positive energy, first of all, attracts positive outcomes, but second of all, people are attracted to positive energy. They'd rather be around the guy who they're happy to see, who's got a smile on his face like George, than the guy who's just like, you know, you know, nobody wants to hang out with Debbie Downer on a Friday night, you know, and that's why George is so beloved. The thing I said on Gutfeld the other night is you want to be like a dog with a job. You know, the dog at the airport's always, always, always wagging its tail. It's like, wow, I can't believe they're counting on me to save this plane. Okay, that is always my approach when I go on TV or radio. I'm like, I can't believe they're counting on me to hold this thing together. Are you crazy? You know, little old Jimmy Fallon who went to community college and drove a taxi his whole life. I got a bad feeling about this. But one of the reasons I was always like so super competent to come do this show, a confident, not competent. Oh, good Lord, no. But confident is because of guys like George. There's a really super supportive atmosphere here. And as one of the elder statesmen, a guy who's been in radio 51 years, George played such a pivotal role in kind of shaping uh, the mindset of what is Fox News Radio. The people who work on this floor are phenomenal. And it's there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of laughs and a lot of jokes and a lot of tough love. But ultimately, just a lot of professionalism and support and drive to get it done. Okay, and this is a unit that gets it done. We had a pandemic. All the talent got sent home to their houses, all set up microphones in our, you know, spare bedrooms or bathrooms or the garage, you know. And this phenomenal staff held it together and delivered the same quality broadcast you'd come accustomed to. Thankfully, you weren't accustomed to a very high quality in my case, so it was doable. Uh, But the point is, guys like George made that possible, not only during the pandemic, but, you know, in terms of George's length of career, he was around for smallpox, (laughs) the locust plague, and everything in between. Uh, So, George Wright, uh, if you haven't already gotten one, this bud is for you. And uh, for everybody listening out there who is a force multiplier of excellence, uh, we need a lot more George Wrights. You know, I say be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a you-know-what. Be a George Wright, and the world will be better off by your mere existence alone. I am out of here. I'm hosting Kennedy tonight, 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. You have yourself a wonderful evening. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.